0: Good evening! Wow, it is good to see you. I actually see you. Last time I didn't see you, so because of the lights, but this is always nice to see some people. So, great! Welcome! Good evening! How's everyone doing? I uh, got the list of of, um, people who are joining us online, so I want to welcome you as well. I didn't get the list of the people, so no names, but the countries, and I just want to mention a name as I welcome you online and it's great to have you with us. Uh, we have people from Canada, from India, Indonesia, Italy, France, Kenya, Nicaragua, and the United Kingdom. So, And many, many more, uh, that is just to name a few. So welcome and welcome to you here uh, in person. Uh, where are our friends from England? Some, some here. Some Germans, and you know already where this is going, because it's seven o'clock, it's getting interesting. 7 p.m. we have something called football, and our ladies are playing the European Championship final, England versus Germany, so I'm from Germany as well. So I'm gonna promise you, we're gonna let you out before seven, so that you can actually watch it. So. As we're going through the series, the name is of that series is called Living Wisdom. We, we look at the book of Proverbs, which is a literature of wisdom and we want to see how we can apply this uh, wisdom piece in, in these different uh, areas where, where the book of Proverbs gives us wisdom and how to apply it and to make this applic- applicable to our lives. So today uh, I entitled my, ser- my sermon, The Rough Side of Balance. And maybe you're like, okay, I don't understand. You're not alone. My wife is like, is this even English? And she's, she's Canadian. Uh, so my idea is uh, the, dip- the difficult side of balance or to explain that a little bit, uh, with balance, uh, that there's always another side or with a scale that there's a different side, not, not as much anymore. Uh, these days with our electronic scales and and all that it's a little different but uh, when you look at balance you have you have a balance sheet in accounting you have a balance sheet Uh, there is on one side you have the assets on the other side uh, liabilities and stockholder equity and ideally uh, you have the same number on both sides uh, to to keep the balance Uh, another area where we have balance or scale is uh, the uh, the the scales back in the old days um, more manual operated where uh, you put yourself on on the scale and then you you add the weights to it or you have uh, the piece of meat or sugar or whatever on one side and uh, on the other side you you add the uh, the different weights to balance it out and then you see okay this is so and so many pounds, so and so many kilos. So scales, balance, uh, we see that actually quite a lot in the book of Proverbs, and we're gonna go there in a moment, uh, but my focus is, as we look at scales, as we look at balance, there is always two sides of it. And today we're gonna look at the more difficult side of things in our lives. So that's just to give you a little bit of an idea uh, where this is headed. So. Before we're gonna get into this, let's pray. God, we come before you and uh, we thank you uh, for this wonderful time of worship. God, we uh, we are so blessed and privileged to praise your name together, to lift your name up, God. And Lord, we're also privileged uh, to actually hear from you. So God, we, we acknowledge that you're here with us, lord and be, we, we invite you to speak into our hearts god remove everything that distracts us everything that keeps our our minds running uh, in a different direction uh, right now remove that and have us have, have give make it possible for us to give you our full attention in yeshua's name amen so one scripture uh, in proverbs where it talks about scales is in proverbs 11 verse one. And we're going to look at different areas of our lives. And you might see that here on on the screen already. Uh, And we're focusing really on on Proverbs. So I went, uh, I I collected different uh, scriptures. Uh, I did a little bit, well, some research, I guess. Uh, And and so what, what is Proverbs talking about balance? What is Proverbs talking about scales? And I listed them all and then I put them in different categories, and this is how the the sermon kind of uh, evolved and and started. So to start us off uh, with the scripture here in Proverbs 11, verse 1, it says, Dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord, but a just weight is his delight. This is going to be probably the key verse uh, that we're circling around today, and we're actually going to come back to this verse Again, dishonest scales are an abomination to the Lord. God doesn't like dishonest scales. Well, it's, it's not so much, he, God is not, or here the author is not talking about scales so much. He's really talking about the person who's operating the scales, which is a dishonest person. God doesn't like this when, uh, when people are operating scales dishonestly. So this is, as you read this, is like, yeah, okay, this is almost common sense. And then, but a just weight in his delight, but a just weight is his delight. That made me wonder, because what, what, what's so special about a just weight that God delights in somebody who operates a, a scale justly? What's so special about this? especially when we read some other verses, for example, in Proverbs 20, verse 23, it just says dishonest scales are not good. That's easy, right? That's a sentence we can, okay, perfect. I I think I got that. I think I knew that even, uh, that God would not like it. But I was wondering, why is God emphasizing so much? And why does he delight in a person who operates a scale honestly so we're gonna come back to that question uh, later on uh, but we're actually gonna look at again at different areas of our lives where we, we see two different side of things and naturally this what this draws us into the business area number one so we're gonna look at business for for just a little bit uh, because that's kind of natural uh, as you look at weights, as you look at scales, as you look at balance, uh, you, you get to, eventually you get to Leviticus 19, verse 35 and 36, where it says, "'You shall do no injustice in judgment, in measurement of length, weight, or volume. You shall have honest scales, honest weights, an honest effort, an honest hin. I am your God, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land, of Egypt. So we see here already in Leviticus how God is emphasizing, I want you to, to deal honestly in your life. I want you to deal honestly in business. I want you to, to, to live an honest life. And here speaking about, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt. Let's, let's go to Deuteronomy 25, 13. It says, you shall... It re- Yeah, in other words, it repeats what we just read. But it's interesting what it actually says afterwards. You shall not have in your back differing weights, a heavy and a light. You shall not have in your house differing measures, a large and a small. You shall have a perfect and just weight, a perfect and just measure, that your days may be lengthened in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. Isn't that interesting? It's a very similar uh, promise, actually, to... Uh, the, the sermon from the, the, that was I, when I was preaching here uh, a month ago. We talked about honoring our parents, and we actually looked at the Hebrew word honor, which means to put weight on someone. That's what honoring actually means. And now, the, the promise was here with that commandment. It's actually the first commandment with a promise and with a blessing uh, that the days will be long for, for, for those who honor parents. So, here again, very similar, those who, who, who conduct business honestly, they get blessed as well. Their days shall be long in the land which the Lord your God is giving you. What are some traps of conducting business dishonestly? Well, there's the, the mindset of, I want more, I want more, I, I need more. There, there's, call it greed or, or whatever uh, you, you want to call it. That uh, There is maybe, uh, maybe you get thrown into uh, survival mode. There There's pressure, there's bills that you need to pay and you can only pay them by cheating people. There is, uh, the, the, it might not be even your fault that your business is not running so well because you, Uh, you're relying on paying customers and maybe they're holding back their payment. Maybe there's some pride involved too. And the Bible actually talks about that too. Uh, Let's go back to Proverbs 11, verse 1 that we just read. This honest scales now are an abomination to the Lord, but it just waits as his delight. Verse 2 is, when pride comes, then comes shame, but with the humble is wisdom. And then verse 3 is what I want to focus on is the integrity of the upright will guide them. God desires integrity in our lives. And and that's the other side. Uh, Life is not always fun. Life is not always easy. Uh, But even in those moments, in, in those seasons, God desires our full integrity. It might not be your fault that you're in this situation? It might be. But God desires your full integrity. What is even integrity? So I looked it up and, and one of the dictionaries says that integrity is the quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. It's a moral uprightness. And of course, there, there's uh, so much more as well that you could add here. Um, and, and especially how, how God would uh, define it is, is maybe even a little different. You could say a yes and a, is a yes and a no is a no. This is what God desires, that the integrity, that you, do, that you live in a life full of integrity and he promises us here, the integrity of the upright will guide them but the perversity of the unfaithfulness will destroy them. So this is, the other side here as well in this little uh, thing here uh, there, there's integrity and there's perversity that destroys people that brings people away and it seems like perversity here is the opposite of integrity if if we are not dealing honestly righteously this leads here according to this into perversity and this destroys us it's a great promise that the integrity of the upright will guide. Proverbs 10 verse nine says, he who walks with integrity walks securely, but but he who perverts his way will become known. So although it might be very difficult to hold on to integrity in certain times, in certain seasons, God honors it and God uh, uses it to lead you and and to to guide you into the right direction. So this is the the business side of things. This is how God desires us. Call it business, call it work, call it life, even a life full of integrity, a life of of dealing honestly with people. This is really what it comes down to honestly with people, even during times where, where this is tough. As we talk about people, I want to go to the next area and then this is the area of relationships among each other. And we love each other, we enjoy life together, uh, my family and I, we enjoy each other I think we here as a bigger family, we enjoy each other as well. We have fun together, we do outings together, we go on trips together. Uh, We we try to have the greatest time. But there is another side of it too. And there's a term for it, it's called tough love. And sometimes that tough love is necessary. Sometimes that tough love is needed. But it's counterintuitive what we desire to do. It is not always easy to give that tough love. We're going to look at Proverbs 13, verse 24. And I just want to, as we read this, I just want to give you a heads up. This is probably not how we want to raise our children anymore. Uh, But let's read it. You're going to figure out why I say that. It says, he who spares his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him promptly." So, um, we're not going to talk about how we're going to discipline our children. This is uh, not the way uh, we do this nowadays. Uh, I'm assuming, at least not in my uh, family, I'm not running after them with with a rod. Uh, But there is discipline. We're, we're We're disciplining our children. Either uh, there's a timeout. There's uh, okay, no candy for you today, or, or wh- whatever that might be. And it is important. But this doesn't always only apply to to my family, to your family. This actually applies to everyone, even everyone here in this room. Us as a congregation, this applies to us too. Not not the rod and the sun thing, but disciplining each other. There's actually a whole paragraph in the Bible uh, called church discipline. Uh, Where it gives uh, the pastors and the leaders, actually each one of us, uh, parameters how to deal with each other and and to walk through discipline. So let's turn our Bibles to Hebrews 11, verse 1, sorry, Hebrews 12, verse 11, where it, it says, Now no chastening seems to be joyful for the present. I don't enjoy this as a father. I don't think we as parents have a fun time with disciplining our children, or we as a congregation have a fun time with this, but sometimes it, it is needed, and it continues saying, but it's painful. Nevertheless, afterward, it yields the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. We get fruit out of this, uh, out of discipline, out of disciplining each other, or holding each other accountable. The Bible is uh, full of scriptures where it encourages us to keep an eye on each other, to help each other out, to keep each other on track. Not just to, uh, to be mean, well, not at all to be mean in, at each other, but actually to help each other out uh, when we fail at times, and this happens. But this is the great thing why we have each other, so that we can, in love, Point each other into the back into the right direction. This is not always easy. Have you ever been in a situation where you felt like, "I think somebody should say something, uh, but not me"? I've been in a situation, and it's you—you you pray over it, you think about it. How can it? What are the right words? And no matter how you say it, it comes out wrong uh, anyway. Um, that's kind of the challenge here. Uh, but this is the tough love that I'm talking about. It is great to be together as a family here today to sing songs, to worship God, to praise Him. But there is so much more than that. There is another side as well. And that side is not always easy actually to, uh, to, to apply or to, 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 yeah, to do. It is not always easy to rebuke somebody like it says in Proverbs 25 verse 5 and 6, open rebuke is better than love carefully concealed. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Who wants to be hurt by a friend? Oftentimes the friendship actually ends right there. When you get hurt, when when your feelings got hurt, when something was said that was probably even true, but you didn't want to hear it, especially not from a friend. Faithful are the wounds. It's a good thing when you have friends who who pique you sometimes, or he, who who give you a little bit of a a kick, or a hint, or a very strong hint, or Call it correction and say call, say it out in the open and say, buddy, I think you're headed the wrong direction. On the other side, this is not always easy to say. It's never, I always almost want to say it's never easy to say that. So if you're on the receiving end, uh, just have lots of grace for that person because that person himself, herself went through Quite some time of of prayer and and thinking through this. At least very often. And if you're on the other side on, on calling somebody, and and having to say something. Just know that God wants you to do this. Pray, of course, pray over it. Be convinced that this is the right thing to do. Go through God's word and and look through the principles, his commandments, his desire how we should live. But open rebuke is better than love. Carefully concealed, faithful are the wounds of a friend. Brings me to, to, to to a sub point here. Uh, two point B call it this is an easier thing when it's done with with people you're not very close it's more difficult when it comes to people who are your friends you're very close with again faithful are the wounds of a friend but I want to call this point two point B I want to call it favoritism in this sense. And Proverbs 20, verse 10 says, diverse weights are diverse measures. They are both alike an abomination to the Lord. And, and here, as I was reading this, and this all sounds the same, but with the word diverse, diverse weights, it kind of came to me of, of saying, yeah, sometimes I am using diverse measures when I talk to people when I do people a favor, even. But even sometimes it is easier to overlook something with a good friend. It's easier to, to call somebody out when you don't know the person so much, when you don't care too much about that person. But with a friend or family member, it is easier to, to overlook to go past and to say okay well he'll he'll get it or i'll let somebody else do it or that's actually not so bad actually justifying what is happening here proverbs 17 verse 5 says uh, sorry proverbs 17 verse 15 says he who justifies the wicked and he condemns the just both of them alike are an abomination to the Lord. This is what I'm talking about. This is uh, when you overlook something on purpose because of a friend, because of a strong connection, because you don't want to hurt someone. Favoritism. Favoritism may be in a different sense, but this is what it is as well. The third point here that I categorized scripture uh, as I was going through the book of Proverbs is our own lifestyle. Our own lifestyle has two sides as well. And I I wanna open that with Proverbs 15 verse 16 where it says, better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure with trouble better is a dinner of herbs where love is than a fatted calf with hatred this doesn't talk about uh, we all should have very little this doesn't talk about you can't we all should be vegetarian can't eat your calf can't eat your, your beef or whatever you're eating it talks about living our lives without the fear of God it talks about living our love, our life without love or hatred and, and, and that's actually what it says here the fatted calf with hatred or living in trouble and very connected to this is, is of course, Luke 12, verse 34, where Yeshua says to us, where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. This is really what it talks about, and and Proverbs talks about many other areas of our lives. It says in Proverbs 21, verse 17, he who loves pleasure will be a poor man. He who loves wine and oil will not be rich. That doesn't mean that we, we all should not save our money. In fact, actually, in two weeks, I'm gonna talk about uh, finances here, uh, which is gonna be fun. Uh, so I don't know why I chose that topic. Uh, but anyway, um, two weeks from from now. Uh, anyway, um, he who loves pleasure will be a poor man. That doesn't mean that we should all leave pleasure to the side and like, okay, I should not have any pleasure or I should not drink any wine or I should not have any oil in my household uh, because Proverbs 21 verse 17 says so. See how it it says, the one who loves where your heart is, or where your, your treasure is, there is your heart. This is what God wants us to stay away from. God wants our whole attention, our full focus. Philippians 4 verse 8 says, Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things the things which you learned and received and heard and saw in me these do and the God of peace will be with you this is what God wants us to seek this is what God wants us to to go after whatever is pure whatever is just whatever is noble life uh, lovely and if what you're going for, what you're going after fits into these categories, then go for it. This is what our lifestyle should look like. God is not saying, leave your pleasures away, don't enjoy life. This is all good. But make sure that you're focusing on me. Which brings me to, to the final point here. How balanced should our life be? How balanced should, should all these areas of our life be? How should we live our life? How can we balance our life? Should our life be in balance? Can our life be in balance? These are very maybe philosophical questions. My answer would be, our life should be completely out of balance. Why am I saying this? Well, read through God's word actually starts with it. what is the first commandment? It's you shall not have any other gods next to me. I am your only God. You should only focus on me. I'm your God. I'm the only God. God is not saying, well, keep a balance. I'm on this side. It's fine to, to have some others. Right. Focus on me alone. In Matthew 6, verse 33, it says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. It doesn't say, well, keep a balance. You can, 50, can spend 50% here and 50% in the world. I'm, I'm happy with this seek my kingdom first and all these things shall be added to you. Or Colossians 3 verse 2, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. It is great to have work, it is great to, to have income, it is great to, to have relationships wow, now I see you <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> it is great to, uh, to, to have things in our lives and to, to, to live life and enjoy it but don't try to balance it out have God give God your full attention have God be your number one dishonest scales are an abomination to the lord but a just weight is his delight why is a just weight his delight well number one god loves it god delights when we uh, live according to his will which is uh quite awesome uh it's easy as well god gives it to us and we just follow his commandments and he delights already in us. Seems, sounds maybe easier than it is at times. But if you go a step further and maybe in the context of this message, why does God delight in, in, in a just wait? I, I think in the context of this message, Because again, with the scales, two different sides, he delights when we take the other side into account too. When we don't only look at the easy things of our lives and enjoy that side, but when we also recognize, yes, God also wants me to focus on the other side as well. God, or God doesn't see ourselves, our, our lives as, as this simple life only, but there, there, we, we have some responsibilities as well. We have some responsibilities when it comes to uh, business, when it comes to, to, to ourselves here, to our lives with each other. God has given all of us responsibilities that are maybe a little bit heavier to carry In, as, as, as this period with, with King Saul, well, it didn't come to an end, but as he was looking uh, and, and uh, chose David, he said, The Lord does not see as men see. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. This is really what we should go after. This is what God says about himself, but this is what we should follow after to, and this this is where he, he, he delights. This is where he finds delight as well. When we try and when we give our best to, to be like him, to look at the heart of people, when we look after people, when we deal honestly with people when we honor each other. So I want to pray and then maybe that there was an area here and there there are so many areas I I really stuck with what Proverbs is is saying and then these uh, looking at different sides here and in in these different scripture verses. So there's so much more and maybe God even put something on your heart uh, where he said, well, pay attention to that side as well in your life. And maybe it was one of these areas that that we talked about, but I want to pray that God really helps us to to recognize the other side as well, although it might be tough, although it might be rough at certain times. God, we come before you. Lord, we we thank you so much how you care for us, how much you love us. And God, we we recognize there is, uh, we, well, often or at least sometimes we try to go the easy route. But Lord, you you have given us uh, responsibilities as well. where are uh, especially looking after each other and, and respecting and honoring each other and honestly with each other where that is not always easy and God maybe you have uh, put some complete different areas on our hearts during that time that, that need our attention I pray that you would help us to follow through help us to to be strong help us to uh, yeah, to just be obedient to your word. Help us to, be, uh, to, to operate uh, scales in our life honestly. Help us to, to treat each other honestly. Help us to conduct our business. Help us to conduct our work honestly. Even if that is sometimes a little bit more difficult. Sometimes we are forced. into dishonest conduct. Maybe the pressure from our bosses is high to cheat others. Help us to stand up and help us to to honor you. God, I pray in our relationships, whether this is in in families, uh, in our circle of friends, but also here in this congregation, I pray that you help us to uh, to have an eye for one another, to keep each other accountable in, in a good sense, not, not because we want to get people in trouble, but because we want to see each other running the race successfully. Help each other, help us to cheer each other on, to, to, to lift each other up, to correct each other in love, as well. Help us to 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 move favoritism to the side. Help us not to 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 do these things uh, based on people, whether we know them well or we don't know them. God, and I pray that you would help us also in our life overall when comes to our lifestyle, that you would help us to to live a life that honors you. Lord, help us to focus on you, to, to be all for you, to give you honor with our life. This is where our heart should be, it should be right with you thank you that you're helping us in Yeshua's name Amen